Hi everyone, welcome once again to Class Stars, a new series by Project Lead focused on academic excellence where we have first class graduates from all over the world tell their academic success stories and encourage our secondary school students and undergraduates to strive for and achieve the best so as to get those great jobs to access you know those numerous opportunities to start up great businesses and to become leaders in their chosen fields of endeavor so this is brought to you by project lead project lead as you know is an initiative focused on teaching and helping secondary school students and prefects discover and develop their potential for future leadership welcome to episode two of class stars So for our episode one, remember we had Professor Damilola Olawuyi, the Deputy Vice Chancellor of Babalola University at Dwekiti. Uh, that conversation was really good. We've gotten so many positive feedback on how the conversation with Professor Olawuyi has impacted students, you know, and has also helped parents teach their children better. So for episode two, we will be having someone that I'll call one of the most beautiful and most intelligent, you know, ladies that I've ever met. Uh, do I give out the name? Do I give out the name? No, stay tuned. <laughs> And we have Hajara Kabir. So Hajara is a recent graduate of petroleum and gas engineering. She's currently transitioning into the sustainable energy space. And her interest lies at the intersection of energy, environmental sustainability, and low carbon future. Her high academic standards and broad internship experience in upstream and downstream oil and gas has geared her towards gaining profound experience and knowledge in multiple disciplines of petroleum engineering and across the energy value chain. She's a girl in STEM activist who is passionate about encouraging, inspiring, and coaching young girls to pursue and develop interest in STEM careers. Her advocacy on Give Girls Role Models, a movement aimed at normalizing female role models in STEM, earned her the first ever Girl in STEM Leadership Award in recognition for her outstanding work in STEM advocacy by SPE in Nigeria. She devotes much of her time volunteering for Society for Society of Petroleum Engineers, and she applies herself productively as an active member of Student Energy, Energy Institutes, Nigerian Society of Engineers, and the prestigious Global Thinkers Forum. Yay! Hajara, this is a lot of a lot of feathers on your calf. Like so, <laughs> like you, I, I feel like I'm reading about you know someone who is maybe in her fifties or sixties or something. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Hajara. We are really Thank you honored for having me. to have you. Okay, so you, we'll jump right into it. Let's meet you, Hajara. So. Tell us everything that we don't know, you know, who are your parents? What do they do? Have you got siblings? What do they do? What was growing up like for you, you know, and what did you want to be as a child? You know how um, children always, oh, I want to be so, so and so when I grow up. So, yes. Yeah, so what did you want to be as a child? Absolutely. Tell us. <laughs> 
I think those are a lot of questions, but I'll take them one after the other. Um, so uh, to begin with, uh, I'm from Patina State, Nigeria. Uh, my father is from Patina, and my mom is from Zafar State. Uh, my dad is a civil was a civil servant, and my mom is a businesswoman. She still is. I also have siblings. We uh, were ten in number in my house, and we're a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, I also own the pastry chef. Uh, Nigeria. It's an online restaurant. We make uh, food and sell them. Uh, out of seven sisters and three brothers, we're all entrepreneurs. Um, my wow. first sister, <laughs> my first sister is um, she's an interior designer. Mm. The second one is a caterer. The third one is into Vils branding. You know, like the house Vils that we use. Yes. Then the third one is uh, the fourth one. Sorry is into um the bridal clothes that i should be wow yeah and then myself i'm into pastries and uh catering mm-hmm. and then my younger sister is into also selling veils the little ones that we wrap around our head mm-hmm. and then i have a brother that is into accessories phones and stuff like that oh wow so we're a family of entrepreneurs <laughs> That's, that's brilliant. I mean, it's just all full. It's just full of out, outside the box thinkers, right? Absolutely. Wow, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So basically, that's what we all do. And well, growing up was uh, it was quite adventurous and at the same time interesting for me because I grew up with all my family together. So we had this sense of togetherness and sense of, you know, helping to uplift each other. Wow. And do, in doing that, looking up to our parents and, you know, what they teach us and what they, and how they show us the way. So it was uh, really something interesting for me. And as a child, I think uh, I had so many careers that I wanted to pursue. <laughs> medical <laughs> you know? one of them. <laughs> of course, absolutely. <laughs> From a medical doctor to a lawyer, down uh, to down to home economics, oh, wow. down to like almost everything. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so, but in the end, I I stopped my train. Actually, stopped at petroleum engineering hmm. at um about uh, my final year in secondary school. Okay, I got about you know the course and I developed interest for it due to my uh interest in chemistry and mathematics. Uh, okay. So. That was how I got inspired to study petroleum engineering, and I did. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, so you know how that for, for children, there are different uh, influences, you know, there are different factors that influence choice of career or choice of yeah. of study. For some, maybe their parents were doctors and, you know, their parents insist that they will be doctors. You know, for others, it's maybe their role models, you know, but while for others, it's just... Was what are people feeling in for 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 yeah? True, for, true. Let's just move on with the trend, you know. But what, what was your motivation for studying engineering? And I also noticed that you attended Queen's Science Academy, which obviously, as the name suggests, it's a purely focused science you know school. science school. So what was that uh, attending that school part of the plan? And what what exactly was your motivation for studying or rather settling for engineering amongst all, all <laughs> your others? <laughs> So, so I think um, the answer to that would be um, yes. Attending Queen's Science Academy was a part of it because um, that was where I began getting my science orientation from. But uh, it was totally out of that. Uh, I 
would say that I was exposed to STEM at a very tender age, at about the age of 15 or so. And uh, it was during, during a career fair in school back then. So we usually have this uh, career talks almost like twice or three times in a term. And uh, I could remember one of the one of the career talks that we had then, there was a lady and uh, a guy that came and uh, they were telling us, they introduced us to STEM and they were telling us about it and, you know, the various careers that we can uh, look into. And I could remember hearing about biomedical engineering and uh, aeronautical engineering. I didn't know about petroleum then. So I just felt like engineering is something that I should actually look into. Hmm. However, uh, when I wrote my jam and uh, the, my wire, I had the interest of studying medicine because almost everyone in my cell wanted to study that. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to also go with the flow, you know, mm. like all the intelligent people in the in the states are like, we're going for medicine, you know, <laughs> reading the biology textbook mm-hmm. up and down, you know, it's quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. So I also mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, fill and bunk and be there. Right. So uh, after the jam results came out, like basically almost all of us didn't do well. Oh, wow. Out of uh, like close to 60 to 70 of us, only five of us had uh, above 200 in the jam. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the exam officer was actually, you know, like just laughing at us that he, he, uh, like he advised us not to go for medicine. There were better choices, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But we were all, you know, rooting for medicine. Mm-hmm. But that was when I had my own turning point that, mm-hmm. okay, since since really, really, you know, I've got to do a reality check for myself. This is not what I wanted to do. Mm. So I, so that was when I started, you know, looking into the biomedical engineering and aeronautical engineering. And at a point, I realized that physics was not, you know, my yeah, calling. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. So when I realized that, uh, when I got to realize that, okay, yeah, you know you love engineering, you know you love chemistry and you love mathematics, so, you know, you can start the, you know, career hunt. So uh, I came across Nile University and uh, I went through their courses and I saw petroleum engineering. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, petroleum means oil and gas and oil and gas means money. So I think this is where I should be. <laughs> so really, <laughs> so really that, was, that was my own driving force at, the mo- at that time mm-hmm. without even knowing what I was getting myself into. Hmm. And so I applied for the course. I remember my mom telling me, yes, yes, I think this is something. We are going to get money from this, so just go for it. <laughs> so I just, you know, just applied for it and I got the admission. And then I think that was where the journey began. And so from just that interest that I had, I kept on developing it and then started studying the course, broadening my horizon and just got interested and entangled in the course. Hmm. Wow. So that was it for me. This is really interesting. So um, I, I picked some words. You, you mentioned the career fair and you mentioned yes. you, 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 you had career talks. You know, yeah. And then you mentioned that there was a time you had a turning point and you had to do a reality check, you know, after yes. the jam results. You know, so, you also said you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, but you, yeah. you, you had to be interested and you developed the interest. Hmm. Interest in it, those, yes. Those, those, are, those are quite profound. <laughs> those are quite profound. Okay, so engineering. Engineering is one of those courses that are seemingly masculine, if you would agree with me. Yeah, 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 yeah I would. And females are, they are just either not interested or they are, they are, they are consciously discouraged. 
you know, from even venturing into engineering. So, so why did you insist on engineering? And why petrol? Okay, so I think you've answered why petroleum and gas, which is oil, yeah. money, you know. Uh, yeah. So, so why why did you still stick stick with engineering, knowing that it was a kind of male dominated field? Um. Well, to be honest with you, uh, still taking you back to my secondary school life. Mm-hmm. Um. For engineering, I could remember two to three of my classmates choosing engineering, mm. one of which was robotics engineering because we were all part of the robotics club and they were doing absolutely well in robotics club. Mm. So I could remember one of them, no, two of them going for robotics engineering and we were all thinking that well, what would we go and do in this like a male-dominated field? Like, mm. no, 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 this is not our calling. Because the whole engineering I then sounded like, you know, carrying things up and down, using mm. physical force and so on. That was, to me, that was my own orientation of engineering. But I think with just little research that I had and with all those career tests and talks that we had in school, they kept on, you know, the question kept popping up that, okay, engineering is a male-dominated uh, field. And then they kept on telling us, no, that is not. And I could remember again, if I can remember clearly, that same lady that introduced me to STEM was saying that um, she is she was also um, a chemical engineer mm. and that um, that, uh, it's about intellectual capacity, not about physical capacity. Mm-hmm. She kept on emphasizing that. So that was what I took as well to, you know, uh, like that was like my own understanding of engineering at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think to me, as that lady said, engineering is about intellectual capacity, not mm-hmm. about physical capacity. So it doesn't matter if it's a male-dominated environment or not. I think uh, that perception is quite changing because we have so many, like a lot of female engineers mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And we can say that uh, the number, the numbers are, you know, quite coming up and we're seeing the difference. Mm-hmm. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, engineering initially to you, was was all about carrying things up and down <laughs> like you exactly said, yeah it just you know <laughs> yeah but it was just yeah. a stereotype and you just yeah it was a stereotype you eventually realized you know that it was more of intellectual capacity and not physical capacity exactly and i would say exactly. that applies to every other seemingly male dominated profession true you know true hmm. just like architecture you know people might think yes. oh, architecture true. is climbing up and down the ladder and you know building houses but i mean there are a lot of female you know architects now that are doing fantastic you know absolutely oh great great okay so what did you did you know anything about um a first class degree before you got into the university you know for 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 me i mean in secondary school I honestly, I'll be truthful. I, I honestly didn't know how to do the GP calculation, you know, and all of those things. So, so d- did you know about it before you got into school? Did anybody? Okay, so for these career fairs and career talks, yeah. You know, did anyone school you on a first class degree? And uh, if if that happened, did you set out to achieve the first class, and why? Or did it just happen? You know. Um. Actually, I think it's a yes. Uh, I think for all those career fairs that we had, thanks to Open Science for organizing all of those things, they kind of actually exposed us to, you know, um, the real world outside of secondary school. And uh, what they did was to always get, 
like um, just fresh graduates or you know fresh uh, workers or something like that to you know come and talk to us so that we can easily relate to them and uh, I know that in most of them like uh, or perhaps those that come from universities to come and talk to us like um, some people come from APT, some people come from ABU, some people come from BUK, some come from even Nile University where I attended a lot of people come and uh, if I can remember which I don't quite well I think um, the usually mention all this uh, GPAs and why people should study hard to finish with the first class and outside of that as well I have a cousin that studied uh, mechanical engineering Fantastic. in Amadebele hmm. University and I knew that he graduated with a first class oh. degree yeah and almost yeah, everyone in the family was exactly mm. so like everyone in the family was celebrating him and he was like the talk of the town everyone was talking about well, there was that as well. And, and to tell you, even when I brought about the idea of studying engineering, he himself told me not to because it, it, it's not for women that it's oh. for men. You know, like there was this kind of discouraging hmm. atmosphere whenever you bring about studying engineering hmm. in, you know, those times. I'll call them those times because mm-hmm. things have changed mm-hmm. now. <laughs> so there was that. And uh, then when I entered the university, I could remember a lot of advices, even from my dad, that uh, he told me he would be very glad if I finished school with the first class. Oh, and because you know, initially it was just what you hear is usually just two one and two 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 yes. one two two. Yeah, you kind of hardly hear the first class mm. in the you know um, in the public universities. Hmm. So I think my own driving force for that was I needed to just know that okay, since. Almost everyone that I know didn't make a first class. Then why don't I strive to do it? Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so that that that's brilliant. But we we both know that graduating with a first class is not beans, Hajara. Yeah, yeah sure. It, it's not beans <laughs> at all. So so you need to, you need to tell me how you did it. You know how how did you how did you do it? Did you did you spend time reading alone? Were you reading all the time? Did you have friends where you were reading with, you know, did you attend classes without fail? How, how, how did you balance your academics with fun, you know? And I mean, it's just it. How, how did you do it? So first thing first, I did not achieve this first class without the help of my fantastic friend. Hmm. We were four in number. Hmm. One of us, I was studying petroleum engineering. The other was studying uh, chemical, no, civil engineering. Hmm. The other one was studying uh, computer science, and the other one was studying computer engineering. I hope so. It was I, hope, I hope you guys are planning to build a a, a multinational <laughs> together. <laughs> Hopefully, we will. <laughs> Great. So we started up as four friends, and you know, uh, we had the orientation of finishing school with a first class, and um, after the first semester. We all turned out to have a first class in our GPA, and wow. we were so happy. Wow! And you know, with friends influence, like like all the friends in maybe 300, 400 level, mm-hmm. and some of the lecturers that we are, you know, friends with, uh, they kept telling us that yeah, that uh, you have to start working for if you want to graduate with the first class, you have to start working for your first class right now. From day one, yes. <laughs> yeah, from day one. Mm-hmm. So it kept on ringing, ringing, ringing to me. And uh, let me tell you something. It's really important, but at a point, like, it was a distinct, you know, it, it's usually difficult at a point for you to differentiate between 
uh, you know, there's like a thin line between humility and overconfidence. I know. <laughs> exactly. So when you get, like, when we started getting that first class, first semester, 100 level, first class, mm. then 200 level, then, you know, you just kind of like just relax. Yeah, okay, like fine. you come easy peasy. We can do it. Mm. Truly. Actually, for me, I don't know for my friends, but for me, that happened to me. Hmm. So that's that, you know, that detour that I took actually now affected me in my second year, and I didn't get a first class that wow. semester. And then, you know, not getting a first class would drastically drop me in my DGPA, and then yes. that was when the battle now began. I started to, you know, come up, and before you know it, you struggle, and then I started my business in 300 level, and then getting, you know, how it is getting money, being involved with other things, and I just got distracted mm-hmm. and still didn't do well in my 300 level. Wow. And before you knew it, I was drastically down to second class. Wow. <laughs> and I was trying so hard to pull myself up, hmm. and it was really difficult. So I think it was when I got to my 400 level, and I realized that my friends were still in the first class, still doing oh, really wow. well. Like, there was nothing that was going to drop them down. Hmm. And then I had to work extra hard like seriously extra hard to push myself up there to you know make sure that I finish with that and I think uh, my 400 level and my 500 level were fantastic I did that wow okay so so you 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 said you had four friends and yeah all four of you decided from get-go that you would graduate with first class degrees right yes and we all did and, and and you all did yes, and then you yes. said that uh, that there is a thin line between humility and overconfidence, and True. telling people not to settle, not to relax, you know, but exactly. to keep striving. And then, so so I mentioned fun, how you balanced academics with fun, but you 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 didn't touch on fun, but I heard that you 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 started your business in your third year, and juggling business yeah. and academics was not. No, it was not the best Something of decisions easy. because it also yeah. affected, you know, your results. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so if you were very big on academics and you were, you know, trying to also do your business, that means there was no social life anywhere. There was. <laughs> Please tell me how there the social life came in. <laughs> so, um, naturally, I'm not the kind of person that keeps a lot of friends. Mm. So, this my four friends, like. Everyone knows the four of us together. Mm-hmm. And we actually kind of do our own fun in our little way. You know, we go out, we hang out, mm-hmm. we have fun, mm-hmm. we go to places. Like, we do our own things in our own fun way. Mm-hmm. And Great. I think they were really what made my own university life fun. Fun. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep the company small, right? <laughs> small and Absolutely. fun. That, that, is, that, is, that is it. That is it. Okay. Great. Okay. So, I... I for 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 the western you know part of nigeria like lagos where where yeah. i've lived all my life there's this thing they call people that are very booky booky you know they call them ephicos <laughs> did you have any i nickname? know that. did you have any nickname in school <laughs> well so to be honest with you those click uh, those click of friends that i have we're not actually ethicals hmm. <laughs> we'll call ourselves that hmm. We knew that, you know, we all both have our, we all had our lives, you know, mm-hmm. we live our lives mm-hmm. and when, you know, when it, uh, when school begins, we all come to class, we never miss class, we're always there doing assignments, doing all the things, you know, necessary, but we weren't really, like, extra devoted hmm. 
to you know the the whole academics and you know going to class and everything right. we had our lives we didn't have things outside of that but when it comes to being serious we know when to draw the line between okay drop all of this and face it and i think another thing that we usually do to help ourselves is that i never lived on campus but then some of them did so during exams what we do is uh we all come back to the campus and we live there with them and then we'll study together and you know pass together <laughs> hmm, fantastic so you said you had your life and you had your fun but you need yeah, to draw the line to draw the line mm. absolutely mm. Hajara, this is like a master class for me because I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Okay, <laughs> great. So w- w- I observed that you had leadership roles from 2015 as yeah. a student chapter vice president at your university. And then you yeah. moved through the ranks because you went from vice president to president and then, you know, like that. So h- yeah. how, did, how did these you know, um, school roles, school leadership roles, help you get ready for major leadership roles after school? Um, this is a very important question, and I'm so happy that you asked. Yay! Uh, <laughs> so, um, in my second year, mm-hmm. that was about the 2015, mm-hmm. uh, I came across the site of petroleum engineers, and at then we didn't have a chapter in my school. So I had a friend, Fatima, she, uh, as I was introducing it to her, she told me that she is already a member and she already had her membership card. And then I was, I was, you know, like, how come you knew about this? And I didn't until now. And you never care to introduce her, like, because she doesn't know what it's all about. All she knows is that she's studying petroleum engineering and also, you know, it's a petroleum engineering society. Mm. So um, I also decided to join. I joined, I think uh, the payment fee then was like $10 or so. Mm about like 2000 era or something so i paid for it i became a member mm-hmm. and you know i wasn't seeing anything sorry it was in my first year that i did that so mm-hmm. uh in my second year that was in 2015 uh the department decided to introduce the the the, the society as a student chapter in my school so when we were about to when they were introducing it to us i was telling them that oh i'm already a member of this and just you know just seeing that that they're bringing something now and i knew that right from secondary school i was somebody that was also always involved in extracurricular activities mm. i just became very interested in it wow. and they asked us to you know um, apply for roles and other things and at then it was only 200 level and 300 level mm. that we had because the course was pretty new in the school then so um i applied for the i wanted to go for the vice president so that i would have experience to get to understand what it was about i didn't want to go for the highest one yes and i remember there was a guy in 300 level that i was friends with and i told him that look we have to take charge of this society and we have to be the pioneers of it why don't you be the president and i'll be your vice Hmm. and he was like okay i was like please hi Mr. please 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 then he accepted it so we went and submitted our uh we filled the expression of interest form and everything and of course because no one did and they knew us so we were a very small cycle mm-hmm. we were given all the posts and there was president vice president treasurer and uh secretary, secretary. Mm-hmm. and it was just the four of us so we started wow. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh there was this student uh conference that they usually have for the nigerian council the society of petroleum engineers nigerian council and that year they were going to host it in Akaibo. Hmm. 
So we like we intended we wanted to go and the school refused that uh, they could not support us and everything. So it was like a very, you know, big pain for us. So we kept on bugging them, we kept on disturbing them until they accepted the tea because yeah. and we found we got one of the lecturers to be our faculty advisor. Oh, wow. Then we took a road trip to Aquaibo. Like just to be part of petroleum and gas um SPE. Wow. So after taking that, we went there and it was a totally different thing for us because uh, the whole idea of what Society of Petroleum Engineers was to us then was quite different from what we saw. We realized that it was a whole big family mm-hmm. of engineers and you know, scientists and mm-hmm. all the same people in that. And you could see various industry professionals leaving their works and everything and coming to attend student conferences wow. as far as going to Aquaibom State. And then students from various universities were there. There was uh, paper presentations. There were like um, petrol quiz, like a petroleum industry quiz competition. There were a lot of interesting things. And to be honest with you, I was fascinated. Oh, yes. And I was I was telling the president that, hey, look, we got it. Like, we just have to host this in our own school. School, yes. Yeah, exactly. We have all the facility and everything. And this is something that is going to be big for us because the oil industry is not Abuja-based and mm. they hardly even come to Abuja for this. And I feel like it's something very important to do, mm. uh, you know, getting people to come across to Abuja. Uh, I'm sure some people have never been there in their lives and mm. it's only events like SPE that can bring them. So we came back and we started planning. We filled the experiment. When, when they sent out the expression of interest forms, we filled it, we gave them out. And uh, before you need to... Hamisu was gone, and then I was the president, and then I took it from there. We organized the conference. We brought the whole oil and gas industry of Nigeria wow. to Abuja for our student conference. Yeah. It was something big for us. Of course. So I think that was where I got my whole drive for leadership. leadership. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, well done, Hajar. <laughs> well done. So so one thing, one thing stood out for me. You said you paid to become a member of a professional body hajara yes young people (laughs) don't do that i I can tell you that for free even people (laughs) who are already working you know like i I always tell people don't wait for your employer you know to send you for trainings so this is actually very impressive as a student you paid ten dollars do you know how much ten dollars was then in 2000 yeah you know so you could have used the ten dollars to buy something else, you know. So actually, to tell you the truth, I felt it when I was leaving my account. Of course, you, you felt. <laughs> but I knew that I had to do something then. for myself. Exactly, you felt yeah. it then, but you are enjoying it now. You Absolutely. know, and you, you, you and from, I would do it over and over and again. Exactly. From from all you said, you you are a very intentional person about association and affiliation with professionals, yes. and then. Adding value to yourself is something you're very big on. So attending conferences, seminars, and networking. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so in your opinion, would you say leaders are born or they are made? No, leaders are made. <laughs> hmm. So nobody brought leadership from heaven. <laughs> no, nobody hmm. did. Hmm. I, 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 I think I would agree with you for from all that you have said you 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 build you've gone overboard you know to build yourself into being the leader that you are today hmm. let's 
top what what top skills let's say five top skills that make for a great leader Okay, so, so so sorry, Hajara. Before you okay. in there, maybe I should I should mention one for you that that that, okay. that has colored everything you said today. Teamwork. You are a team Absolutely. player. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. I think even if you didn't mention, I was going to mention that first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So team building is very important hmm. in the sense that, uh, and I can tell you that from the from the team mm-hmm. that um. What do you even call them? The the LOC, the organize the local organizing committee for the conference that we had. Uh, most of my friends, most of my colleagues then uh, were not interested in SDE. So you find out that most of them were really into you know the bookie bookie side because we had the officials as you call them, mm-hmm. and we also had those that are just living life wanted to graduate. You know, like all the classes of people you, you yes. get in, in the university. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I spoke to my classmates, I tried to like, you know, involve them, told them about SPE and the importance of it. I kept on emphasizing and even then they were really interested up until the third year. Wow. That was when like we have been struggling since the second year that we started to, you know, get them together. I think there was one of them that was interested and we were dealing with her. Her name was en- um, is Enyo. And then before you knew it at the third year, when they started to see the impact, mm-hmm. you know, going there and then uh, the pictures and uh, for the first year that I was the president, we got the gold, uh, the gold membership award. The student, mm-hmm. there's this um, award that they do for uh, activities and other things that you do. There's a president's award and then there's the gold, uh, gold standard. So we weren't able to get the gold, uh, the president, but we did get the gold standard. So, you know, um, seeing that the, the chapter was moving forward mm-hmm. and there were a lot of things and attention that was given to the school, mm-hmm. then some of my friends and classmates, you know, started developing interest. And then just to carry everyone along, we now started to, you know, even develop a... Uh, uh, what's it called? Positions that were outside what the SPE recommended for us. Wow. Just to make sure that everybody was, you know, carried along, I decided to um, come up with positions like uh, membership chair, TPT treasurer, wow. uh, program chair, like ex- like so many things so that everybody will feel like we'll they're doing something. Of, and wow. they're, Exactly. That's so awesome. after doing that, like, I think almost half of my class were, you know, part of the leadership team of SPE mm. and it was a great team. So that was how we organized the local organizing committee and we give everyone role according to your expertise. Mm-hmm. And you know, before you know it, some are in charge of the food, some are in charge of the hall, some are in charge of coordinating. Um, I gave my assistant the conference chair to do it, my vice president the conference chair. And before you know it, almost everyone had a role and you know it was just so overwhelming to see you coordinating everyone from afar and Wow. You know, we were all doing it together. Wow. Even with um, those people that were like in 200 and 100 level, we, mm. they were all carried along. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, so I think so part of being a leader should actually be know when to and how to carry people along mm. and appreciate what they do mm. uh, and also give them like uh, the opportunity to also showcase what they can do. Wow. Wow. Great, great. So t- you've mentioned team team building. So what, what yeah. skills would you would you mention that makes for a great leader? Diplomacy skill. Hmm. Hadja, are you sure you're not going into politics anytime? <laughs> <laughs> Diplomacy. Okay. So I think I think 
think generally in life, I find diplomacy so very important. Because you live with people from diverse cultures, from diverse, uh, you know, religion, mm-hmm. from like various people with different perspectives and everything. Mm-hmm. And for you to be able to penetrate into such spaces, you just have to be a diplomatic person. I agree. Agree. You have your own idea. You have your own, uh, you know, your own pers- perception of something. Other people have it as well. So keep it to yourself. Listen to their own. If there's a way you disagree with it, find a perfect way of putting it in. And at times you find out that even if you have a certain perception of something and you hear another person's own, it might end up changing your own. Exactly. exactly. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I'll say. I'll say that also touches on emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. Then we also look at uh, interpersonal skills as mm, well. Mm. So if you look at it, uh, team building, diplomacy, all of it is part of interpersonal skills. Yes. So if you have that, you're going to touch on all of all it. All of them, right. right. Yeah. Oh. Then I would say leadership skills on its own mm. as well. It's something to actually look into. Wow. And then good judgment skills. Mm, good judgment yeah okay hmm. <laughs> i'm having a ball <laughs> okay so so let's move on to your experience so you had internship experiences you know yeah i i, I know you did uh, a short one at uh, dpr which is department for petroleum resources you did uh, another at oriental energy resources limited you were yeah. you spent some time at shell and then Duke Oil Incorporated for your NYSC. Um, ha, ha, yes. Why? Why internships? What, um, what did you What did you set out to achieve with these internships, and did you achieve them? So, to be very honest with you, um, I find it somehow like not. Like, I find it somehow answering this particular question that you just asked. But I think anyway, I'll just ask it because return and inspire and encourage other people as well to do mm-hmm. great things. Um, so ever since I started out to study petroleum engineering, mm-hmm. I just had it in my mind. I had zeroed my mind that, you know, I want to go somewhere in life mm-hmm. and I want to live and whatever it is that, or wherever it is that I'm going, I just have to leave a legacy behind. I think that was my own, you know, driving force and motivation. Mm-hmm. And I realized that for me to be able to achieve all of those things, I just have to develop myself and no one else could do that except me. Mm. So uh, in my second year, I decided to start applying for internships so that I can get, you know, the whole feel of what the oil industry is like. Mm. And considering Abuja being like uh, an administrative environment, mm. I wasn't able to get uh, much of the technical experiences. So uh, I started going through the internet, looking for oil and gas companies and so on. And I came across the Department of Petroleum Resources first. And, you know, uh, I just went, I had my CV, I wrote all the jargons that I put there <laughs> and, and took it to them. And I think I remember going there and at the gate, I told them that I wanted to submit uh, a CV for internship and they let me in. And that was something very rare. Wow. And I went to the receptionist and she told me that that she's sorry that it wasn't possible. Hmm. And I told her no, that I saw it that they accept interns. So I I have to like just tell me who to go and meet there. So she told me that it wasn't possible and just as I was, as I was about to leave, 
one gentleman just walked out of an office wow. and asked me and greeted me and then asked me what I was here for. Hmm. I told him that I'm here to look for, I'm here to, you know, apply, apply for, for internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he told me why. I told him that I don't know. I just want to get the whole experience and feel of what the industry is. Wow. And he asked me a few questions. And then he told me that I should go wait for him in his office. And it turned wow. out that he was the head of downstream. No way, Hajara. <laughs> I am very serious. But you know, it was because you insisted. Because if she had yeah. told you no and you left immediately, I you would just have left. Oh my True. god! Oh wow! Absolutely. So I went to his office. I waited for him for almost like an hour. He finished the meeting and then he came back and he told me that you want to do an internship. I was like, yes. Is it uh, recommended by the school? I said no. It's just personal. I just want to do it myself. He was hmm. like, okay, fine. He collected my information. He gave me his card and told him. And that was like almost five months or six months to the time. Wow. And uh, he told me to just keep checking up on him. And before you knew it, he actually made me get the internship. Oh, wow. And that was how I started it. Hmm. And then moved to Oriental Energy as well. And I did the same. Hmm. But uh, I was introduced actually to the Oriental Energy okay. and Shell as well as where I'm currently am now. Wow. So, so, so what you set out to achieve with the internships was just to have a feel of your course of study, right? And exactly. get yourself prepared for when you get out of school. Yes. And another thing again was that uh, I think I would, uh, I, would, uh, I would say I'm a kind of person that likes uh, you know, planning. Hmm. I love to plan. So at that point, I knew that I ha- I played a lot of things in my head, knowing that uh, the petroleum industry is, you know, divided into three. We have the upstream, the midstream, and the downstream. The upstream is where you have all the explorations and productions. Mm-hmm. The midstream is where you have, like, all the transportation of the uh, already extracted uh, petroleum product. Hmm. And then... For the downstream is where you have all the regulations, the sales and the distribution. Hmm. So um, I just wanted to touch on each of these fields and I decided to start with the, my immediate environment, which is the downstream part, because wow. that's where Abuja is. So, and I think I did that. Then moving to Shell, that was when I got the exploration and production, you know, Experience. and then the midstream. Mm. Yeah, the upstream and the midstream experience. And then now in the Duke Oil here, I'm getting the trading aspect of it. Wow. So what what I hear is is in in wanting to even specialize in whether upstream or midstream or downstream, it will be yes. great for you to generalize to actually yes. know where you have interests in. Yes. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. So seeing the real thing would actually make you you know understand where you want to fall. Mm. And right now I have, you know, the whole sense and complete understanding of what the oil industry looks like and I know where I'm heading. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I also did not fail to notice the one year plus you did as origami and handcraft instructor at this at a school. So that seemed quite oh, yeah. different. <laughs> it seemed quite different so that- from the from science <laughs> and technical trend. Tell, tell tell me about that. So I think that's like a personal you asked me earlier that what do I do for fun and other things. Mm-hmm. So these are the kind of things that I do in oh, my leisure wow. time and for fun. Okay. Uh, so it was like uh, a part-time job that I got at a school. In fact, two schools. Oh, wow. Uh, I just didn't reflect the other one there. Okay. So I usually go twice a week uh, to each school to... Actually, once a week for each school to, you know, uh, teach their 
students there for extra after school activities. Wow. And even if they have like, you know, so I'm I'm quite crafty. I love to, you know, just create and do things. Hmm. And I found origami really important because it's the art of folding paper. You oh, fold wow. the paper to make whatever it is that you want to make, either a 2D or a 3D. Nice. Uh, yeah. So nice. something wow. that is really interesting. And the kids also find it very interesting because, you know. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Oh, wow. Wow. So I had Jara say she's a girl of many sides. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, on volunteering, um, your your keen interest on volunteering that that cannot be you, you can it cannot be overlooked. You know, you're you're always you know giving of yourself and all. So so why why volunteering? Especially knowing that you're young, you have to pay the bills, you have to fund your sure. leisure. You know. Share, share, share some of your volunteering experiences with us and what benefits, you know, these have been to you. So to me, um, volunteer, so, you know, like you get a lot of advices and there are times when, you know, you take people's advice seriously and there are times when you just listen and just, you know, just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I find out that whenever I do that, uh, like an advice or two usually tends to come back to me and, even to use them after, you know, getting them. And I realized that a lot of people at that point, at a certain point, were telling me about, uh, you know, putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there. So just the phrase itself was one of my driving forces of uh, volunteering. And um, I realized that by doing that, I find it fun. I find it, you know, it's a pleasure to me to volunteer for all the things that I'm doing. Mm. But uh, one important thing is that as you're doing that, you're in your own small little world, you're Mm. doing things, but you have no idea how many people are watching you. Mm. Because uh, whatever it is that you're doing, people are staying. Of course. Yeah, and by the time you put yourself out there, you're actually giving them the opportunity. You're actually like drawing like mine to yourself. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you've created a network of people that will be there for you, people that will advocate for you, mm-hmm. people that you know will always be there for you. Yeah. That is what I that is what I understand by being a volunteer. Mm-hmm. So volunteering to me is not for you know the other party that I'm volunteering for. I feel it's mm-hmm. for my own self. Mm-hmm. Building so a that's network. My yes. Building a yeah. network of people that will advocate for you. Huh. I've yeah. never heard it this way. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard it this way. Fantastic. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so um so we've had the bliss and you know, glam and you know, all of that. <laughs> let, let, let's move to challenges. So we know that I mean, we live in a generation, you know, where a lot of things are thrown at young people, especially maybe young people of uh, a particular gender or religion or race, you know. And have you ever faced any of these challenges? And do they have anything to do with you being very big on gender and women-related causes? Um, I think... I think the answer should be a yes and a no. Okay. Um, I'll take the no first. A no in the sense that uh, growing up, I didn't really face um, 
Well, I know. I think I should call it a yes because uh, I went to a girls' only school, okay. and uh, anytime you know, even within our peers, anytime you mention that you're in a girls' only school, they begin to see you differently, uh, saying that you don't understand, you don't have the feel of the whole co-ed education. You know, you don't have a prize in your life. You know all these things that uh, teenagers do, yeah. and even at a point whereby you know. Uh, like when it comes to prom, so it's going to be your prom date, you know, all of these things. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was, there were things that kept on, to me, there were things that kept on, you know, reoccurring, things of concern that, okay, why is it that just because I'm in a girls' only school, people think of me differently, mm-hmm. uh, that I don't have a boyfriend or I don't have, the, and to me, these were not what I was looking at. These were not things that were, you know, important, important yes. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just had a totally different, um, you know, uh, like aspect of how I see life and everything. So I just thought that, okay, at a point uh, when I began advocating for gender and all, I just thought that I think uh, right from a very tender age, there should be this exposure that uh, you shouldn't bring all these gender roles and stereotypings and everything to a child because not every child have the intellectual capacity to understand that this is wrong and this is right. Mm. So even within my classmates at then you find out that when we finish secondary school and some of them their parents take them out of nigeria and i see the kind of life that they live i actually really pity them because that, that was the, thing, the things that we went through in secondary school and all the things that we don't have boys in our life actually kind of affected them because when they now came into contact with boys in the university they all went haywire about oh, it wow Exactly. So you see them misbehaving in so many different aspects. So I feel like these are things that we should actually be looking at right from the very tender ages of children. So I think that was the yes part of what I wanted to tell you. And uh, secondly, you mentioned religion. Um, yes, uh, as a Muslim, we're known that it, it, it's part of our religion that, uh, you know, unnecessary intermingling with the opposite gender, it's not something that is really recommended or liked in my religion so uh, as of then you know okay you know when to draw the line i'll say that you know when to draw the line because there is no way you you know you live your everyday life without interacting with men yeah i mean yeah. exactly but you know uh what's what, what we are encouraged in doing is you know to be modest and to be just in whatever it is that you do exactly. and know when to cross the line so mm-hmm. i think that is from the religious aspect and i don't think i've ever had a problem with it then ethnicity, I would call ethnicity a race. I think I would call them, I would categorize them as culture. Hmm. And uh, for me, I'm Hausa, and uh, my culture is, uh, you know, it, it's quite similar to what the religious views are. Hmm. And uh, I think even at that, okay, I think let, let's let's talk about it in a different aspect. Okay. Because uh, culture has been one of the barriers that actually adds to the backwardness of a lot of women in my own part of the world. Hmm. In the sense that, uh, you know, like we have this gender role and at a certain age for a girl, everything she sees is about everything people or the people around see is that uh, a girl should just get married at a certain age and um, her success and everything is attached and her happiness as well is attached to being married or having a man in her life. Hmm. And for me, growing up and the kind of, uh, you know, orientation that I got from my house, that was something totally different. And when you come to my house, you you can't actually differentiate who are the 
boys in the house and who are the girls because we are all the same. And you find that in some households, uh, they actually start teaching children about all these tender rules at a very tender age. Mm. A, girl and a, a boy and a girl can finish eating food and the parents can ask the girls to pack it and go wash it. Oh my God, really? Yeah, like it happened. Wow. Like all these little things, if you look at it, um, okay, so because he's the guy, uh, you have to give him extra respect, you know, or you have to, like all of these things. So me growing up, it was totally different. You know that, okay, all my elder ones, we have to respect them, you have to do them equally but there was nothing like uh, you know because he's a guy you have to do this because i have cousins that in their house they treat the meal in the house like you know kings and everything and there were just things that never conformed to my belief and understanding hmm. so part of all of these things you know and just imagine as a child you have all of this mixed you know things that you're confused about and then now growing up to the real world and seeing too many, like this oh, absolutely mm. like a lot of things so just imagine how as a child you look at it and now that times have already changed look at it before and look at it now the kids of nowadays are totally different from those of yes, you know yes i agree exactly exactly so it, it's just something very concerning to me and uh i'm just advocating for it and i'm just trying to educate the society that please let's differentiate or let's a distinct line between all of these things. Hmm. We have to respect the culture, we have to respect the religion, we have to respect ethnicity, races, and everything, but just know when to draw the line. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, as they say, when you educate a, a woman, like a woman is like you're educating the whole the society, whole, and when you do that, um, you're educating the whole world and, you know, um, adding to the sustainable development. Hmm. So that is my views on gender wow. chronicles, I'll call them. <laughs> Well done, Hachara. <laughs> You're doing a lot in that space that are not going unrecognized. So well done, well done, well Thank done. Thank you. So, so, so you have not stopped reading and learning, Hajara. I feel that. I feel that there's always something you're 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 doing, you know. You've just not stopped reading. So you, you've gone on to take some major courses and certifications with Asian Development Bank Institute. The, the, the very revered YALI, which is the Young African Leadership <laughs> Initiative, the United yeah. Nations, and so many others. So, so the, the, these courses and, you know, learnings are mostly around gender and inclusion, sustainable development, yeah. environment. So, so why, why do you feel the need to continue learning? Hajar, you graduated with a first class. If, if that's not enough, like, why do you feel the need to continue learning? So, I think, um, like, you just have to learn. You just have to keep learning. Hmm. Because uh, by the time you, I feel like anybody that stops learning at a point is as good as someone that is just, that has just used less, you know, their life. And, hmm. like, I don't know. To me, if, if you just have to keep learning. Hmm. There's no two ways about it. It's either you learn through reading a book, it's either you learn through seeing what others do, it's either you learn, like, there's so many ways to learn new things. And um, as for me, as I do that, I'm actually broadening my horizon and, you know, picking up interest in so many things and uh, getting, like, more or more or less, like, a sense of direction in whatever it is that I'm doing. So for, I think this, Classes that you mentioned are categorized into three, I would say. Uh, the first 
on energy economics. Uh, I have a great interest in that. That's my own part of sustainability uh, of energy, energy sustainability that I'm going into. And uh, I realized that for me to, since I'm transitioning into that space, I need to really understand what I'm getting myself into. So during this uh, lockdown period, it was a period of reflection for me. So I used it really wisely. Wow. I, I took some courses and, you know, internships, virtual internships, and, you know, a lot of things to just get me to understand fully what I was getting myself into. Uh, that was the reason why I took a year after my graduation and not just fall into any job that I was getting, the offers that I was getting, as well as the uh, master's degree or anything, anything that I would have just thrown at me. Hmm. So taking up that one year actually gave me the, the understanding of where I wanted to head. I knew that I wanted to practice petroleum engineering and I never had the intention of going for a master's degree hmm. up until when the lockdown started. And you know, there was a downturn in the oil and gas industry. Yes, and yes, a major yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. And um, knowing that I was going to graduate uh, from the NYST in November, or was it October? October. I realized that if I finish that, I might not really get what I wanted, like in terms of job or other things, because the industry is in a downturn and they're not even recruiting. Instead, they're even trying to do away with the staff, with mm-hmm. some of the staff that they have. So I just thought, um, then, why don't you look into, you know, something else? And there has been a lot of talk around data science, you know, how it's the new age, the big data thing, every industry is looking at it, yeah. And then also the renewable energy now that, uh, you know, the oil and gas industry Mm -hmm. took a detour and everything. So I just decided to, you know, open up and, you know, be open-minded and, check my interest in all of these things. Mm. So that was when I started taking all of these courses and everything to understand where my interest lied in. And first and foremost, I realized that data science was not my calling. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I paid for an internship and uh, I started it and the first week I realized that no, no, no. Mm -mm. no. You're not meant to be here, right? Yeah, because I was, you know, there was this uh, the Python that we were learning and uh, it was something very simple that I was supposed to type and it took me like over an hour. I was oh, like, hell no, I'm not going in here. <laughs> so I dropped the internship on everything I started. I kept it and then moved to petroleum economic and that is my baby. I love that part. Mm. So, and then looking at it that, okay, since, you know, I can broaden it as well into energy economics because petroleum and what happened to the industry mm. really made my whole orientation change then why don't I move into the energy mm. so that was when I started you know having interest in sustainable energy and taking courses to understand fully what sustainable energy is about mm. so that was where, where you saw all of those uh, courses, courses that yeah. were mentioned <laughs> yeah okay, so and then for the for the yearly sorry yes. then for the yearly as well mm-hmm. uh it's an exchange program that I'd really love to go and do. Oh, and I realized that this year is out of it, but I'm looking out for next year. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then the other ones are on gender equality and uh, inclusions and hmm. other things. Wow. Well done, Hajara. So are, are you are you running a master's degree program at the moment? No, not yet. I'm planning to okay. by the end of the year or next year. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. 
So, Hajara, the way you've been going about your reading and learning, I think there is a PhD lurking around the corner somewhere. <laughs> After my. To be honest with you, yes. Aha, I knew it. I knew it. Professor but, but not anytime soon. Sounds really beautiful, ain't it? <laughs> well done. But not anytime soon. Ah, okay. Okay. Well done, Hajara. This has been really brilliant. Wow, I am sure you are having a really good time with Hajara Kabir. So we have covered a lot. She's talked about friendship. She's talked about parenting, about family, relationships, internships, you know, about a lot of soft skills. And it's just been a really, really enlightening and inspiring conversation. So we are done with the very academic stuff and we are moving into the personal zone now. So Hajara is going to be telling us a lot about a lot of things about herself that uh, people may not necessarily see, you know, a lot of things behind the very pretty face and, you know, the brains. So please do not stop listening. Stay tuned. Thank you. So we've done all the science and techie and everything parts. Let's come down to let, let me let me let me let me get into your space and under your skin. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So what what's your favorite food, Hajara? Okay, so this is a tricky question because I know you are a chef and <laughs> that might be a task, you know, for you to respond to Absolutely. that. But what, what what's your favorite food? What 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 would you eat three times a day? seven times a week and not complain about okay i would start with my i'm going to twist the question okay. i will start with my not favorite food okay rice oh yes I absolutely I, you, you don't like rice friend. i don't <laughs> like rice like no <laughs> hmm. so anytime i tell my mom that anytime i get anytime whenever i'm rich i'm going to stop eating rice then she asks me what do you think they're rich for it? <laughs> they eat fruit. <laughs> the rich people eat veggies and you know fruits. Exactly, and fruit and other and things. And fiber, nuts. <laughs> they, they they chew on almonds and cashew nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't like rice. I actually eat rice because I don't have any option. Oh wow! I know. <laughs> so, but then uh, for local food, I like um, pandediam and bangasu. Banga is Bangan. Yeah. GKC. No, it's a Niger Delta. Oh, okay. So where did you pick that from? We eat a lot of Niger Delta food in my house. Oh, my dad okay. is a lover and a fan of the food. Oh, so. that's good. <laughs> we eat a lot of it, so I like that in particular. Hmm. Pounded yam. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Especially when it has a lot of proteins in it. <laughs> Mm, a lot of protein. Now you sound like like I don't want to mention the tribe, but there's a particular <laughs> tribe. They like meats. Like they like a lot of meats. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the second thing is that I'm a lover of protein. I love chicken. Chicken. Chicken is healthy. Yes. Is is healthier than So I think that's that's. Yes. 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 I love chicken. Mm. So 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 what? And I love steak. Oh, steak. Steak is not very healthy. 
Yeah, but I still love it. I mashed potatoes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But how come is just is is the unhealthy things that that's very that are very yummy and you know? Yeah, because you know they're unhealthy, so they're the bad things. <laughs> so as you as you know, the bad things are always the easier things I to know, do. <laughs> I know. Hmm. What's your favorite color? I can can I guess? Yeah, guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, it's between. Peach and brown. I don't know. Is it because you saw me with a picture of peach <laughs> I think so. That was such a beautiful picture. But yeah. Thank you. Wrong guess, I well, guess. Yeah. Do I even have a favorite color? I think that's the question. I just like anything fancy. Anything fancy. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. You have, you have a nice skin color, so I think everything will sit properly on your skin, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. So Thank what was your favorite outfit? Well, uh, so it's called Abaya. Oh, do you know Abaya Lagos? Uh, no, I don't know that. Ah. I, I bet they have different nice types of Abayas. Hmm. Okay. So I love it. I wear it every day. Is it because, and... is it because you're a Muslim, Hajara? Uh, absolutely not. And in a way, yes, but I just love it. I so, um, naturally, I think naturally I'm a person that doesn't exactly that doesn't like to wear things that are quite tight, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just like my free, you know. And to tell you the truth, you know, it's like a clothes that you can wear, and even if you don't shower or anything, nobody will actually know about know. that. <laughs> even if you're wearing your pajamas under, mm-hmm. you know, you can just put it on and you all look differently from mm-hmm. the outside and mm-hmm. no one knows what you're wearing from the inside no. <laughs> so don't tell anyone this, this is the, <laughs> the whole world is listening <laughs> okay great so uh, Hajara what was your beauty routine so b- before you respond to that question please don't tell me don't 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 tell me you're like me that I, I don't just care like I just do I just wear my white powder and just absolutely my you know but 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 your skin doesn't look like that your skin looks like you're one of those people that have you know cream for your nose cream for your eyelashes cream for every part of your body so what's your beauty routine how have you kept your skin color how have you kept your your skin quality I've been laughing since I actually I have no skin routine. I have no beauty routine. I just wake up in the morning, shower, and most days I don't even use anything on my face. Maybe just then, then it, maybe. Has to, it has to be the water in your house. So maybe I should come. <laughs> <in your house. laughs> really, I don't use anything. Wow. But uh, I used to have a lot of breakouts and okay. stuff like that, and that was like. So many years ago, I would say during my adolescence stage, I don't know if I'm still in that stage, but I think I'm past it. <laughs> so I used to have a lot of breakouts and I have a very sensitive skin. So I'm very, uh, you know, uh, cautious of what I use on my skin. Hmm. And um, I got something that I started using and they all went away. And I think since then, I've just been using that alone as my face wash. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's called Soap and Glory. Okay. Okay, great, great. So aside from all your intellectual and humanity-driven activities, what? How do you relax? How How do you relax? What do you do for fun? You know. So, so a lot of times I get asked this question, and I find out that on my daily routine, I 
kind of have much time resting and you know having my own thing mm-hmm. than the actual work that I do. So even I find it very you know <laughs> very concerning. Let me see, use the word concerning that people think that I work more than I rest. But uh, actually, so? no. <laughs> I, no, I think so. No, 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 no. I actually rest a lot. Okay. Um, so I love to watch movies. I love uh, to, you know, hang out. What, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, the last movie I watched was uh, on Netflix. Uh, what was it called again? So the thing is that I watch a lot of movies without even looking at the names yeah, of so it. So far you enjoy them, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, it was called, it was a Nigerian movie called She Is. Oh, Nice. 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 Yeah, and it was really Yay, interesting. Bye, Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I also watched uh, Sugar Rush. Oh, Sugar Rush. It was also a Nigerian, yeah, it's a nice. Nigerian movie. Nice, nice. So I think that was the last time that I watched. Mm, <laughs> hmm. All done. At least you rest, so now I'm less concerned. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really do, I really do. Mm. And most of the time, you know, and then the lockdown came, I'm always at home mm. on my bed, and you just use your phone or your laptop to do it, and you're at the, and you're at the comfort of your house, right. so right. I have a lot of rest. Hmm. Okay, great stuff. So, Hajara, if, if you get a call, for example, from the United Nations, you know, noun, like right now, to leave home on an international assignment and you're allowed to pick only three items from your house, what will they be? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know when, you know when like, uh, I think this is like, uh, what's it called? Um, the Newton's law of motion. Oh. When something is moving and, <laughs> and it, you know, uh, acted upon by an external force, you know, it's just going to stop. I know. <laughs> so I, th- I take this question to be that way. <laughs> so, like, stop, think, and ponder on it. Exactly. Mm. So, to begin with, uh, outside of, uh, you know, taking you back to the question that you asked me of um, why I was taking a lot of energy courses and everything and even moving out of petroleum engineering and transitioning into sustainable energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want to, you know, um, constrain myself to one direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to broaden my horizon, as I told you, and that is why I'm taking the economics and policy courses because I want to move there. Mm-hmm. And reason being that uh, my two dream workplaces are either the United Nations or the World Bank. Yeah, and so I profess the oil industry. <laughs> So if I get uh, an impromptu mm-hmm. call to leave, I'm gonna take my uh, my phone and my laptop. There, let's call it one thing. No, 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 Hajar, no, 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 no. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> okay, okay fine. I'm gonna take my laptop because okay. I have everything that I need in this world in it. Okay. And I'm gonna take my fancy handbag, okay. my lovely abaya, and set out. Serious. <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Hi, but you left out your passport. Oh, oh, it's gonna be no, no, no. It's definitely inside my handbag. It always, it has oh, to be like it's always inside my there handbag. You, there you, you, so, so you still came around to cheat me. <laughs> I have all my important things in my in handbag, handbag. You know, hmm. exactly. So and you can even throw your need. phone in. Hmm. Perfect. So. It was a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. 
Okay, so your, your handbag, your abaya, and your laptop. Yeah, then my shoes, of course. Fantastic. Hmm. Okay, so what, what do you have to say to Project Lead Girls and every other secondary school student and undergraduate out there who is striving to get good grades in school, but instead, you know, who, who is not striving to get good grades in school, but instead hoping to leverage on, you know, what we call the right connections, you know, to get the good job and to be well positioned yeah. in life after school. What, 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 would, what do you have to say to them, please? So, uh, first and foremost, um, I would like to thank Project Lead because uh, when you brought the idea to me, uh, it was something I found really interesting. I actually took almost three days reading the information that you sent to me, trying to pick out where exactly without find interest. And I realized <laughs> that almost everything was, well, like, I love everything about it. Oh. And um, as you mentioned, uh, your audience, uh, you know, um, the, the students from the, you know, uh, less privileged homes and everything and I realized that this is something we have to do to also give back to our society and it's not going to take anything from me if I, you know, uh, accept it, come on here, speak, share my experiences as well as, you know, encourage and uh, advise other girls to also, uh, you know, achieve their dreams and uh, actualize them. So the first thing I would say now is that uh, the first advice that I would give these girls and any other person that is listening to this is that number one, you have to work hard and you have to be intentional in your group. Um, secondly, while you do that, you have to create a network of people who will help you, who will advocate for you and who will promote you to be the authentic self or version of yourself that you envision. That is something that is very important and for you to achieve this you have to actually reach out beyond your comfort zones to you know and uh, eliminate and explore strategies that will eliminate feelings of number one inadequacy hmm. number two you have to achieve authenticity these are the two things because whatever it is that you do if you're not an authentic, uh, an authentic person nobody's going to give you a second look and thirdly you also have to do away with self-doubt because it's the greatest barrier to becoming successful and authentic. You can do it, you can be it if you see it, right? That's what they say. <laughs> so, so you have to remember that, you know, and another thing again is that we all have to remember that in whatever we do, we have responsibility towards uplifting one another. Uh, it's on us, we have to do that. And once in a while, you better stop, you know, pause and check and ask yourself that uh, let me help you or ask someone if you can help them in their own path mm. because you never know kindness. I'm, a, I'm also a kindness advocate. Mm. So, uh, you know, you just have to be kind to people and just simply ask them to pay it forward. I think these are the little things that you can do in trying to make the world a better place. And then lastly, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you, wherever you want to go to, whatever you want to be, just figure out where you can shine and always show up there. Hmm. Hmm. But this is what I have to say. Wow. Wow. Work hard, be intentional about your growth, build yeah. your network, eradicate anything and anyone that brings feelings of inadequacy. Absolutely. Hmm. And we, all have <laughs> and we all have a responsibility towards uplifting one another. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. 
Thank you so much, Hajara. Thank you. It's been a wonderful time I'm just with you. It all in, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting it all in. Right. So, 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 so let, let's know your thoughts on what Project Lead is doing. You know, regarding teaching leadership skills as a great complement to academics, ex academic excellence. You know, this is actually uh, it's everything, and uh, I can tell you that uh, I've been in contact with a lot of projects similar to this, but I haven't really seen uh, exactly like what projects uh, leads are doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, one important thing is that uh, there's the phrase "catch them young," mm -hmm. and by the time you do that, you're actually trying to make the world a better place because uh, when you coach and teach, you know, and empower, and you know, put the the, the, the younger ones in the right direction, they come up or they grow up with a certain mindset that is totally different from the norm. Hmm. And I think uh, for us to be able to be successful and achieve whatever it is that we want to achieve in leadership, it has to start from our mindset. Hmm. And Project Lead, what you're doing is really important because you're actually changing the mindset of children at a very tender and young age. Yes, and as we discussed earlier, uh, leaders are not born, they are made. And mm. you're a part of this history and you're making them. So one day when they say, um, uh, you know, the children are the leaders of tomorrow, we can say that, okay, the leaders of tomorrow are actually project lead because they helped in implementing and coaching these younger ones to be the leaders of tomorrow. And of course, so because I they also heard Hajara speak, you know, on classes. <laughs> Wow. Perfectly, perfectly. And I also really, really like it because uh, this is the first time mm -hmm. I'm actually getting to speak about myself yeah, and what I've done. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. So it's something really interesting and I find it, you know, very rewarding as well because oh. uh, you don't know who you will help. And sure. the same way you've helped me, we don't actually know what Project Lead would do to help other girls. Wow. And I hope we're going to reach to as many girls as possible, but okay. one girl at a time. Of course, of course, of course, yeah. of course. I, 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 I was going to say final words, but you, no, trust me, Hajara. You no, just, please do. You've just nailed it. You've just nailed it. The last thing you said, you said catch them young. And you said yeah. that what we're trying to do is to change the mindset because that's where this all starts from, right? Yeah. So catching them young and helping them grow up with a different mindset that is different yes. from the norm that that, yes. that, that is yeah. so important like it cannot be over very important that is so interesting so, so final words from you hajara um so i think i've said my final word i think but, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, still, I'll, I'll still say it again mm -hmm. um as i said earlier on we all have a responsibility towards each other and uh this is a very important thing that projected are doing and uh it is very important for us to uh you know um hold on to togetherness you know help one another uplift uh, uplift one another and uh because you know what they say uh if you want to go fast you go alone but if you want to go far you go together so togetherness is key and uh this is very important because productive you're taking us all together in this journey mm -hmm. and um i'm so happy thank you very much for having thank me today you, on your Hannah. show <laughs> yes thank you so much i would always be here to support in whatever little Yay! way i can of course of course <laughs> Trust me, I'm coming for you. <laughs> we are coming for you. We are coming Thank for you. Thank you very much, Amaka. Sarah, it's been a fantastic 
it, it feels like i mean we've done like an over an hour but it feels like we've been talking for oh my god it's a been, few minutes honestly honestly knowledge <laughs> packed insight packed impact packed <laughs> yes yes, impact yes, packed. yes thank you so much for your time we know you're a very a busy pleasure, person Amanda. but uh, you chose to make our time to you know to, to yeah. do this for the girls and for that we are very grateful thank you so much thank for having you. me too. thank you so much Hajara and there you have it Hajara 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 like I can't stop you know mentioning her name that was that was a really 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 good one thank you for listening and please stay tuned episode three of class stars will be dropping soon guys you do not want to be missing out on this thank you so much ciao